Welcome to the ministry of Mercy Seek Ministries and Evangelist Pat and Karen Shatzon. We believe that the message you are about to hear will mightily change your life. Open your heart, mind, and spirit and allow the Holy Spirit to move in you. We must declare it to the next generation. My goal this morning to lay out the heartbeat of a mom, to take a few moments to maybe bring honor at the same time, uh, begin to uh, even help the men in the room understand the anointing of a mom. And, and I'm reminded of, uh, it says over in Exodus chapter 20, verse 12, it says, honor your father and mother. That didn't just start in Ephesians. And so, and, in fact, understand something. Um, I, I can remember when Mother's Day would, would hit and Karen and I were praying about having another child and, and, and man, it was, it was a tough time. Mother's Day was actually a hard day for us for several years. Till we got Abby. Yeah, but you had Nate. Yes, but, but we longed for, for another child in our home. And I can remember Mother's Days were really kind of tough at our house. At, at my own parents' home today. My father's away speaking in Atlanta. And, and my mom is not having the best of days. Because of the loss of my sister a couple years ago. So, so what you got to understand is, uh, as we move into this, do you know Mother's Day actually started in 1870, and it started as a response to the Civil War, where mothers said, we're going to rise up and take care of our boys on that day. That's how Mother's Day actually started, by one woman. All through the years, it's grown, and it's become different, and, and proclamations have been given. President Bush gave one in 2004, a big one, officially making it a national holiday. But, but what you, you must realize is, as I move into this word, I want to go a little bit different. Proverbs chapter 23, verse 25, and I hope you're, right, you're taking notes. It says, may your father and mother be glad. May the one, may she who gave birth to you rejoice. Reminded of when I... Watch football. You know, it's crazy to me. I've never heard an NFL player uh, get on there and, you know, you know, they do the number one thing. or they'll do, But they've never said, hi, Dad. What's up with that? It's always, hi, Mom. Because there's something innate in every single person that says, I must thank her. In fact, what's the number one cause of playground fights? Or barroom brawls. It's not over a toy being taken. It's not over a girlfriend. It's not even over money. It's usually caused by some foolish person slanderously speaking against another person's mom. I'm talking about my mama. You know, the statistics say that about moms, 8 out of 10 say they do more work than anybody else in the home. And it's actually proven. Do you know that a, a mom works uh, roughly 2.2 hours a day on the house and a, and a man only works 1.3 hours worth of chores? It's because we're spending that other 55 minutes in that equation messing up the house. The average mom works 39 hours at home beyond their regular work week of a job or schooling or responsibilities outside the home. Did you know that 70% of moms uh, with kids over the age of one work? Do you know that 55% of moms with kids under the age of one work? So understand something. It's a very different society. In fact, we've all heard the titles for moms, whether it's housewife or mom or coach or teacher or taxi driver or breadwinner, uh, in-house doctor, tailor, chef, short order cook, professor of life. 
explosives expert, accountant, encourager, uh, shoulder, Aaron runner, weather, weatherman, photographer, life planner, event coordinator. But one of the titles that seems to get forgotten most of all, and I really think it is the heartbeat of a mom, is she is the true defender of a child. She is that wall of defense. She's the one that understands sacrifices. Reminded of this last week, somehow some cat got in our yard, and I believe cats are from hell. And um, it's a personal belief system. They fell with the angels. And there's a cat in our backyard that has decided to plant her kittens underneath our deck. So I drained the pool yesterday. <laughs> anyway, that's not important. But but it's so funny because we have uh, our Yorkie is much like Odie from Garfield. And she just, you know, and um, so we let the, I let the dog out and. She, we had begun to see these kittens. They crawl up on the deck uh, at, 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 at during the afternoon, and, and so uh, Maddie, our dog, loves to go out there and check on the kittens. But I have noticed that this this mama cat or this mama cat will get out there and draw our Yorkie away from the babies, and she'll sit on a fence, and our Yorkie will just sit and bounce and bark for hours, even into days. But I'm watching this. I was actually watching it from my study room, and, and, and I'm kind of laughing at it. But but you know that Jesus, even Jesus described his love for the city like that of a mother hen. Now watch, Matthew 22 verse, or 23, verse 37. He said this, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you have, killed, you have killed the prophets and stoned those sent to you. How often I have longed to gather your children together. As a hen gathers her chicks under her wings. He's talking about the city of Jerusalem. He said, but you're not willing. I'm going to talk in just a moment about King Solomon. Of course, King Solomon was the wisest of all kings. Proverbs 31 uh, talks about where some of that wisdom actually came from. In the last chapter, it's said to be written by King Lemuel, which is actually uh, Solomon. And in Proverbs 31, verse 1, it says this, The sayings of King Lemuel, an oracle his mother taught him. Watch now. Who was his mom? lady by the name of Bathsheba. We all know the story of Bathsheba. In fact, in fact, we know that she had made major mistakes. We know that she had an affair with David. We all know the whole story. But it even talks about how much Solomon respected his mother. Look at 1 Kings chapter 2 real quickly before we go to our text. In 1 Kings 2, it says, When Bathsheba went to King Solomon to speak to him for Adonai, Adonijah, the king stood up to meet her, bowed down to his mother, sat down on his throne. He had a throne brought for the king's mother and she sat down at his right hand what are you talking about pastor listen 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 solomon had this incredible at times respect for women but you could tell there was something about his love for his mother now let me teach you give you a little history real quick who solomon was solomon went to the throne at the age of 12 years old he had a dream god told him in the dream ask me anything and i will give it to you and he asked for wisdom. So at the age of 12 years old, he was suddenly made the, the wisest man in the world. In fact, he was also the supreme judge of the kingdom, which literally made him the supreme court. Now, here's where we get into our word. If a case made it out of the lower court and they couldn't find a decision, it would make its way to Solomon. And he would sit on his throne and he would pass judgment because he was known as the wisest. But what's so amazing... 
is his very first judgment brings true, true to the heart of a mom. Now, now follow me, because ladies, get ready. Some of you are going to get ticked off when you read this story, but don't get ticked off at me, because I, I learned a long time ago. I, I learned that uh, I may not have been the smartest kid in class, but I knew who to pick on. And so, so what you got to understand is, moms, I, you're going to develop a little bit of a righteous anger as we move into this key scripture today. Look at 1 Kings chapter 3, verse 16. It says, now two prostitutes came to the king and stood before him. One of them said, my Lord, the woman I live in the same house, I had a baby while she was there with me. The third day after my child was born, this woman also had a baby. We were alone. There was no one in the house but the two of us. So here we got two women, two prostitutes, living in the same house, no man, no one to take care of either one. And during the night, this woman's son died because she laid on him. She smothered him. So she got up in the middle of the night, took my son from my side while I, was, while I your servant, was asleep. She put him by her breast and put her dead son by me. The next morning, I got up to nurse my son, and he was dead. But when I looked at him closely in the morning light, I saw that it wasn't the son I had born. The other woman said, no, the living one is my son. The dead one is yours. The first one insisted, no, the dead one is yours. The living one is mine. Can you see these two ladies? They're arguing. They're holding this kid in their arms. They've got this kid, and they're, they're arguing right in front of the king. They're standing there because in the middle of the night, all of a sudden, one of them rolled over on their baby and smothered it. And so they argued before the king, and the king said this. This one says, my son is alive and your son is dead. While that one says, no, your son is dead and mine is alive. Then the king said, bring me a sword. Now, folks, I need, to, I need to understand. That is not the way they did circumcision back then. Amen. Now, watch. <laughs> Sorry. Men. So they brought a sword for the king. He gave them an order. Cut the living child. Take the child. Chop it in half. Now, my daughter made me promise I would not actually do this today with her doll. But can you imagine? This is an actual Solomon sword. He's sitting there. They bring the kid up, cut the living child in two, and give half to one and half to the other. The, the woman whose son was alive was filled with compassion for her son and said to the king, Please, my lord, give her the living baby. Don't kill him. The other one said, Neither I nor you shall have him. Cut him in two. The king gave his ruling. Give the living baby to the first woman. Don't kill him. She's his mother. And when all Israel heard the verdict, his very first ruling as a king, probably 14 years old here at this point. When all Israel heard the verdict the king had given, they held the king in awe because they saw that he had wisdom from God to administer justice. Watch this very quickly. I want to get into this word because I need you to understand. I bet there are some ladies in this room that would love five minutes alone with that mother that had stolen that baby. In fact, I'm reminded of all the babies that have born in our church in the last few weeks. How now they actually put kind of like a bracelet or some kind of alarm system on them to keep that from happening. I never laid my son down like that when he was little. Because they don't want anybody to come in and steal a baby. A boy walked up to me in Iowa one time at a youth camp and said, pray for me, Pat. I just found out that I was actually a black market baby. My parents bought me off the black market. I have no idea where my family comes from. Moms, do you understand something? Because every one of you would love five minutes with that lady. Do you realize that really 
Someone has been trying to take your child since the day it was born. And the enemy's goal is to take him. I, I love what a Jewish proverb says. It says, it says, God could not be everywhere and therefore he made mothers. Write this down as we get into this word. I'm preaching, no, let her have the baby. But number one, write this down. It says, ladies, the battlefield is waiting on you. As I began to pray and, and dive into the scripture this week and say, Lord, what do you want me to share? And, and I talked to Karen about maybe she would want to share. And she said, no, I'll wait till June. You go ahead. And, and I began to think about this because, because well, ladies, I, 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 and maybe I learned this from my wife, but, but women are at war. You're called to be at war. We saw it in the 1950s with Rosie the, the, the Riveter when men went off to battle and women went into the factories and began to work and began to do their part and began to fight. So understand something, ladies. You're always at war. In fact, I'll prove it to you. You went to the, the very brink of death to deliver the child. But that was really just the beginning of the war. See, because you're all called to battle. So I want to talk to moms for just a minute. I want to speak into the lives of moms. What does it say in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15? It's the fall of man. The Bible says when God spoke to the snake in the garden, he said there will be war between you and the woman. In fact, he should have looked over at the snake and said, okay, boy, big boy, you just messed up. Because now there's going to be a battle going on. One of the things that Karen loves to teach on is, is that, that, that women are always in a struggle. They're always in a battle. I have learned that, that if Pastor Sean ticks me off tonight, I'll call him in the morning and say, let's go shoot hoop. We, do, we shoot hoop a lot early in the morning. Or let's go work out. Okay, we're good. But if a woman gets upset with somebody, it's a little bit different. If your kid knocks down her kid on the playground and you don't take responsibility for it, five years later, they'll see each other at the mall and still go, I saw so-and-so today and we get to hear about it. <laughs> it's fine. And we get to hear about it and we get to hear about it. You should have seen her hair. She's had, she had the gall to come up and hug me after the way she acted that time. I'm like, uh, and men, we're stupid. We just go, what, what happened? Yeah, you know five years ago when, when, when Bubba knocked Billy down? She's just seen her hair. It's from episode two of Friends. It's way out. But see, that's the call of a woman. The, the Bible says they're at war. I am not disgusting in devil's staff meeting. My wife is disgusting in the devil's staff meeting. Because the Bible says in Proverbs 31, it describes the woman of, of a nobleman, the wife of a nobleman, who can find a virtuous woman for her price is far above bru, uh, rubies. That word virtue means, chayil, it means valor, army, host, forces, valiant, strength, might, and even wealth and riches. So understand something, ladies. You're called to be at war. Number two, write this down. You're not defined by your past, but you're defined by your calling. Because none of us are perfect in here. Maybe somewhere along the way, the child that you now call your own was birthed out of a, 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 a relationship that took place before marriage. And, and it's, it's not like it used to be where you had the scarlet P that was placed on a young lady that was pregnant and, and the guy just kind of got away with things. It, it's not like that. That's the society we live in now. And remember what I tell you, there's no such thing as an illegitimate child, just illegitimate parents. 
Look at 1 Kings chapter 3, verse 16. Now two prostitutes. The word prostitute there is harlot or zana. It means unfaithful, adulterous, ravenous. In fact, what's so amazing though, this is the same word used throughout out the Old Testament and the New Testament as the unfaithful bride of God, the unfaithful bride of Christ or, or the wife of Jehovah. And so understand something. Really, that word there that's used describes all of us at one point or the other. In other words, this is really a description of, of me and you. Proverbs 11 verse 3 says, The integrity of the upright guides them, but the unfaithful are destroyed by their duplicity or their simplicity. So you have two unfaithful women. They walk up before the king. Two women that are, that are in society's mindset are, are dirty. But I love what takes place in this scripture. Because in the process of having children, something happened to them. I love what it says that these two, unwomen, or these two uh, unfaithful women, these, uh, uh, they, they had no husband, but there was two babies involved. One has died. She's rolled over on one. And at the end of the story in 1 Kings chapter 3, it, it, it's the very end of it, verse 27. It's the last thing I read to you. Then the king gave his ruling, give the living baby to the first woman. Do not kill him. She is the mother. Stop right there. She went from being known as a prostitute, a woman unfaithful, to suddenly the king says, mother. I looked up the word mother in the Hebrew. It's A-M-E, Ami. And it means, which means protector, dam, one who dams up the flood, one who protects, one who overshadows. So the text changed from being an unfaithful person to being one who's a protector. How many of you know God can change anybody? And there's something happens when all of a sudden you go from being known as unfaithful to one that is standing as a shield, one that is protecting, one that is guarding. So it doesn't matter who you used to be, mom. We don't care. Because at that moment you took on the high calling of being a mother, the very definition of you changed. So your past doesn't matter. What you have to realize is, is, is mom, your, your identity has changed. The ability to sacrifice for a child changes your very character. Moms know how to sacrifice. You know, it's, it's funny. If, if we go get ice cream and, and, or, or we're eating ice cream or something like that, and, and, and if the kids want a bite of mine, uh-uh. that ain't going to happen. Look, there's only a little bit left. And they always ask for like that last little piece of that pistachio nut that I'd left at the bottom saving. But Karen, here you go, baby. It's very different anointing. Because my anointing as a dad is to go, ah, ain't going to happen. You ate yours. Did you eat yours? All right, then. Karen's like, here you go. Moms are the only ones that if there's four pieces of pie and there's five uh, people sitting there, she goes, you know what? I'm just full. Dads are like, good. Pass it on. Thanks, baby, for being full. See, well, I'm going somewhere, I hope. Now watch. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 15. Through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of the lips, that conf- and confess his name. And do not forget to do good and to share with others, for with such sacrifices God is pleased. Do you know what I happen to believe? In fact, God's word says it so clearly. He says, I help those who help the little ones. Abraham Lincoln made this statement. He said, all that I am or hope to be, I owe to my angel mother. Write this down, number three. Every mom has to be careful of smothering their children. 
1 Kings 3.19, during the night, this woman's son died because she laid on him. During the night, during the time of rest, during the time when uh, she smothered him. What does the Bible say? Be, uh, be sober, be diligent, for the devil, your adversary, seeks to pounce on you like a roaring lion at night. It was in the night hours when she let her guard down. She forced the very breath out of the boy. In a generation where men have at times abandoned their duties, many times mom has to be both parents. So what happens is the problem is in a situation of a young man, mom, it's, it's hard for you to allow a boy to be a boy. It's a great book called Wild at Heart out there that really, really was powerful. It, it, I read it at a key time in Nate's life about letting a young man be a warrior. A young man has to express himself. And, and I talked to Karen about it but because a young man by, by nature is a hunter and you have to allow him to face down adversity. He has to have adventure. Mom, don't make your son like you. Understand something. He's got to be a man. The sense of a young lady, she can't live up or in the shadow of your mistakes or even your fears or even your successes. A young lady, she must walk in security and strength. She must know the dangers of life, but also the joy of trusting. Just because you've had bad relationships with men doesn't mean she's going to. Just because somebody inappropriately touched you and your family does not mean to to say that, that that will ever happen to her. Yes, be on guard, but I guess what I'm saying is mom's... Maybe if there had been a man in this woman's life, she would have never smothered the child. Maybe the child would have never been in bed with him. The young lady has to be told she's beautiful. And really, fathers, we're the ones that have that anointing. Mom tells a young lady how to be strong and bold and, and learn and, and, but, but, and how to be ladylike. But we are the ones, dads, that's what's wrong with our society. We don't have any dads saying, you're beautiful, you're gorgeous. You're the protector, mom. That's what I read to you. Mother means protector. But you must also be willing to let them walk. Wars break out between moms. I, I found out that, that, that when a young man gets a certain age, he really doesn't want to hear from mom anymore unless he's hurting. That's hard on moms. That's where dad has to step in. Mom, it's so easy to, to be a smothering agent in their life to, to make them walk in fear. And, 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 I, and I know I'm, I'm walking a fine line here with you, but, but what I'm saying, when a young man came up to me and said, I don't know if I'm a woman or a man, and this just happened recently, and, and, and all I had to do was study his life and find out that he didn't have a dad in his life. Moms many times are forced to play both roles. I read a quote, mothers of teenagers understand why many times in the animal kingdom they eat their young. Moms, you got to rely on God. Psalm 71 verse 6, from birth I have relied on you. You brought me forth from my mother's womb. I will ever praise you. Teaching them. Now, write this down. That's not my kid. Verse 20 of 1 Kings chapter 3. So she got up in the middle of the night, took my, took my son from my side while I, I, your servant, was asleep. She put him by her breast and put her dead son by my breast. The next morning I got up to nurse him, but he was dead. But when I looked at him closely in the morning light, I realized that ain't my boy. Do you understand, moms? The enemy will always try to replace your children while you're asleep. But a mother knows how their child looks. She can wreck. We can go to a 
production for, for Abby, and, 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 and it's, it amazes me. And I'm, I'm looking for her, and Karen goes, she's right there. Don't you see her? A mom knows how her child should also continue to look. She knows when the very identity of that child has been changed. Mom, you're the ones that have the anointing to recognize when your kid's identity has been robbed. When the enemy stole their ID. The enemy comes but to kill, steal, and destroy, the Bible says. But Jesus said, I came to give you life. Are you with me so far this morning? But sometimes in, in the dark times, it's hard to recognize your children. But if you'll put a little light on it. Maybe you didn't recognize the change that took place. What happened to my son? What happened to my daughter? But mom, you know what your child looks like. Get them back to what they look like. But you have to be careful, mom, that you don't try to just be their friend or and, and not be a spiritual mentor. That is your highest calling, the guardian. Listen, it amazes me. Uh, if if uh, and This happens with moms and dads. If you're teenage years got cut short or or you made mistakes we try to live our life through our children they're going to break your heart i'm just telling you it is not your job to live your life through your you can't be their best friend somebody's got to be tough is everybody still with me but you also don't have to accept spiritual death you don't have to put up with that You have to rise up and say, wait a minute, that is not my kid. My kid is alive somewhere in there, somewhere in the depths of that. I I know you're under attack. I know your friends are straying you. I know you're going into it. But I know inside of you there's something. It's my mom that used to, uh, when I would come in at night, and she would be on the floor weeping, praying, calling my name out, saying, I know you've got an anointing on Pat. doesn't matter what he's still doing. See, Mom, you have the ability to look past death and know the child is still alive. Somebody give God a praise offering for moms. And you have to be prepared to fight hell for your baby. It's Proverbs 31, verse 30. The wife of no man. It says, she says, a woman who fears the Lord and shall be praised. Learn to cry out. Don't you dare accept defeat. I talked to a dad yesterday whose son recently went to jail. He said, I'm not giving up on him, pastor. Don't you dare. Write this down. Moms are always prepared to defend their child. What does 1 Kings 3, 22 say? The other woman said, no, the living one's my son. The dead one's yours. But the first one insisted, no, the dead one is yours. The living one is mine. Listen, her anointing is to defend the child. I'll never forget, I was working at Olive Garden in college down in Florida, and uh, Ted Bundy had just been electrocuted. And uh, for killing all those women at the University of Florida and raping them and killing them. And, and it later came out when he sat with James Dobson that he had gotten to pornography at a young age. And it fried his brain. It just messed him up. And, and he, was, he, was, he was electrocuted. And, and I'm working at Olive Garden. And all of a sudden, our manager comes to us one night. And he says, this back section of the restaurant is closed. I said, okay. And it was my section. And he said, he said Pat, you and so-and-so are going to... Uh, work the tables tonight, but I need I can't tell you who's coming till they get here. So we thought it might be somebody, you know, really important. But it ended up being the family of Ted Bundy. And we weren't allowed to actually speak to them. We just served the food. And I'll never forget, because I could hear the mom over there crying at the table saying, how could they do that to my baby? Now, Ted Bundy was a murderer, a mass murderer. 
he was as dirty and he, 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 he was a horrible man, killed women. But you know what I found out? The mom will always defend. I learned as a youth pastor, never expect mama to take your side over her child. I learned that one the hard way. Amazes me. Kids get in trouble at school. Mom will come in and defend that child to the teacher or to the coach or whoever it is. But then when she gets in the car, how many of you know what happens? I'm going to kill you when we get home. They get in trouble with the law. My baby didn't do that. There ain't no way. That's somebody else's baby that did that one. Because, Mom, your anointing is to defend the child. You have to when everyone else is against them, regardless of what they've done. You defend it. Dads, don't get upset when she takes the child's side over you. You better grow up and realize that's not going to change. Because she has been placed over that child, regardless of your love for your husband, regardless of your love for, for whoever. Understand something. Write this down. The enemy's goal is to divide a generation. First King 3.25, he gave him an order. Cut the baby in half. Ladies, the number one goal of the devil is to divide your family. What did Jesus say in Luke chapter 11, verse 17? Jesus knew their thoughts and said to them, Any kingdom divided against itself will be ruined, and a house divided against itself will fall. Can I tell you, this generation's in trouble right now. We've replaced really cool pictures coming forth from a sonogram uh, screening declaring a, a child's heartbeat and gender with newspaper clippings of a lost generation. Do you know that in Chicago already, we're halfway through the year, already in Chicago, 30 children have been killed this year. The enemy's goal is to divide a generation, to cut it in half. Matthew 10, 21, Jesus prophesied the end times. He said, brother will betray brother to death, and a father his child. Children will rebel against their parents and have them put to death. Look what Jeremiah said when he was lamenting, when he was weeping over the, the state of Israel. And in Lamentations 2, verse 11, my eyes fell from weeping. I'm in torment within my heart is poured out on the ground because my people are destroyed because children and infants faint in the streets of the city. They say to their moms, where is bread and wine? As they cry, as they, or excuse me, as they faint like wounded men in the streets of the city, as, the, as their lives ebb away in their mother's arms. See, a kid has to have instruction and teaching, but listen to me, mom, you can't do both. You can't do instruction and teaching according to God's word. Why? Because we need dads. I remember growing up when if I did something, my mom was only five foot tall and, 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 uh, and here I am in high school. But all she had to do to bring me to my knees was say, wait till your father gets home. That's called a death threat. She should be arrested for that. Remember coming home at times from traveling when uh, I'd be gone a little bit too long and, and, and Karen and Nate, Nate would push the buttons. He knew how to push his mom, but I, when I walked in the house, it was a little bit different. There was times where she would say, you're going to have to deal with him. His mouth is out of control. And so I'd take him outside, tie him up, lay him in the driveway, and Karen would back over him several times. Great family time. Look what Proverbs 1.8 says, the description of a mom and a dad. It says, listen, my son, to your father's instruction and don't forsake your mother's teaching. I thought, what does that mean? Dad is the instructor, mom is the teacher. I looked up the word instructor and it's musara in the Hebrew. It means discipline, instruction on life, reproof, restraint. Teacher, that word is Torah, law, biblical instruction. So it is my job 
to be the coach of the house to tell my kids don't run out in the streets or or don't do that or put a full day's work in or be honorable, shake a man's hand correctly, keep your word. But it's Karen's job to teach them life spirit instruction. If you have a mom and dad that are doing your job, you're going to have a balanced kid. But if the enemy can divide a house, if all the kid ever gets is biblical instruction but never life instruction, he's going to be a naive, naive child that walks out and the world's going to hit him in the face. If all you got is dad giving instruction but no mom teaching the love of God, you're going to have a paganistic kid that knows how to succeed in life but no love from Jesus. That's what the Bible says right there. So if the enemy can divide up a house, if, if they're either taught God's word or they're taught discipline, discipline without relationship breeds rebellion, am I right? Karen always says this in her teachings, give your children a devotional life or they'll have an emotional life. In other words, prepare them or repair them. In Psalm 78, it says, I will open my mouth. This is what you're supposed to tell your kids. I will open my mouth in parables. I will utter hidden things, things from of old, what we have heard and known, what our fathers have told us. We will not hide them from their children. We will tell the next generation the praiseworthy deeds of the Lord. So in other words, you're teaching your children the good things of God. Write this down. A true mother will always lose if it means their child wins. Look at verse 26, and I'm closing right here. Pastor Eric, go ahead and come and join me. The woman whose son was alive was filled with compassion because here's Solomon. He's got a sword and he's about to chop the kid in half. And she goes, no, let her have the baby. A mom will always lose so that the child wins. If that means she doesn't get the new dress because the baby needs medicine, she loses. Mom, do you know that your compassion for your child will expose the enemy? Because as soon as she showed compassion on the child, the enemy came forth. Proverbs 24, verse 11 says, Rescue those being led away to death. Hold back those staggering towards slaughter. If you say, but we knew nothing about this, does not he who weighs the heart perceive it? Does, he, does not he who guards your life know it? Will he not repay each person according to what he has done? In other words, mom, the more you're walking in compassion and humility and you're losing, you actually win. It's Mary at the cross. Take my son because in exchange I get salvation. It's Hannah taking young Samuel saying here, because Israel in losing my son, Israel now gains a judge. It's putting your son or your daughter on a plane and, or a boat, sending them off to war. Because in the possibility of losing the child, you're protecting freedom. See, moms get that. The Bible says God rewards those who seek him out. And this is it. Go ahead and stand with me. If I can tell every mom something. Moms, would you join me up front? Every mom in the house, come stand right up here. some men, some LAT men to come help me for a second. There's two at each section. I'm always quite amazed at times of like Thanksgiving and stuff. How this meal magically appears. And how the dishes magically get cleaned. 
But see, if I could tell every mom up here one thing, God hasn't forgotten you. Every single mom in this house, oh, man. You say, well, pastor, you just said that all our children need a man. Yeah, they do. Well, if you don't have a husband, that's what the church is here for. You bring them to see me or one of these great men. We'll love on them. So there's no condemnation in any of that stuff. But what I love about this whole story is, maybe you don't realize this, you have a righteous judge on your side, Mom. Look at, look at 1 Kings 3:27. Then the king gave his ruling. Give the baby to the first one. God says, I will reward you. Isaiah 40, verse 11 says, he shall gently lead those with young. Psalms 34, verse 17, the righteous cry out, and the Lord hears them. He delivers them from all their troubles. The Lord is close to brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. Paul told Timothy, Timothy, you great leader. I just need to remind you of something, Timothy. Your faith you inherited from your grandmother and your mother. From Lois and Eunice. Because Timothy's father was a, a pagan Greek guy. Somehow mom. See, my family is saved today because my mom decided to go to a church singing one night. Had she not gone, I wouldn't be up here with you. The summit would have another name on it because God would have found somebody to birth this. But let me talk to you moms for just a second. We gave you a bookmark when you came in. Because if you ever study what roses were created for, not only to smell sweet, can even be used in tea. But what makes a rose so special is the fact that it has those thorns on it. Because it grew in areas where animals would eat. But God put thorns on it. And really this describes a mom. Beautiful, statuesque, smells good. But don't mess with her. Because she knows how to defend against the predator. And moms, we have come to speak life into you today. And tell you thank you. Gentlemen, let's give the ladies a hand right now. Come on, you can do better. But I'm going to, wow. While we don't understand what makes you tick, we just don't get it. I don't understand watching a Lifetime movie. I, I don't get it. I mean, it's just, that's... I'd rather be put in a coma. But moms, on this special day, we can't say enough. Number one, thank you. But number two, don't stop being a protector. All the men, shut your eyes real quick. I just want to talk to ladies for a moment. It is said that Jesus was the lily of the valley, the rose of Sharon, the bright morning star. How many of you moms can say, you know what, Pastor? I feel like I failed a few times as a mom. Raise your hand. I want to tell you something, though. The kids won't remember it. 
if you really think you've messed up. They don't remember it. Because when they get in trouble, even that teenage boy that doesn't really want to, you know, run things through mom anymore, you let him get in trouble, and he goes right to mama. There's times where Nate will still say, Mom, well, the other night I came in late after a meeting and everybody was asleep and I went to get in my bed and there's just giant hunk of meat laying there on my spot. And I'm like, what in the world? I turn the light on, there's Nate. I'm like, get out of my bed. I just, I just want to love on Mom. Moms, I want to pray a blessing and refreshing over you. But if there's anybody in this room, every let's go all shut our eyes real quick. Jesus looked at his friend John and his mother and he said, Son, behold your mother, mother, behold your son. That's how much he loved his mom. But all over this house, the greatest thing you can do, mom, is to have a spiritual walk that leads your family, that walks in authority. So if your eyes are shut, how many of you moms say, I need God to refresh me right now? Raise your hand. Maybe you've had a rough morning. There's hands going up. Oh, yeah, I see it. I know you're tired. I know sometimes it feels like you're the only one carrying it. Because us men are great at blocking things out. Mom, would you pray this with me out loud? Jesus, I need you to refresh me, to restore me. Say, Jesus, I'm not a failure just a mom trying to make it so today I accept refreshing from you mom just sit there for a second because he just wanted to wrap his arms around you I feel it I feel like God's telling me that he just wanted to wrap his arms around you and tell you how great you are you cheerleader you champion of the faith you gift from God every man or every man in the room pray this stretch your hands out towards the ladies and say in Jesus name we bless them. I bless our wives, our daughters, our mothers, our grandmothers. Come on, men, pray this. God, forgive me if I've ever crossed a line. Let me bring joy. Come on, men, pray this. And never harm. Let me help them to walk in security this day forward. Father, give me a new respect for women thanks mom say it man thanks mom ladies lift your hands in the air and say father I receive a wind of your spirit into my life say that I receive a fresh wind thank you for your strength in the night pray this out loud ladies help me always recognize my children help me defend sacrifice because you are like Solomon, a righteous judge. Oh, ain't it cool? This is a cool time. Ladies, we, if you look at me now, we want to give you a single rose today because you know how to stand with the protection on. And we just honor you. And in that bookmark, Karen and I put something in there explaining what a rose is. And we just want to say we love you. Thank you for listening. We pray that this word would sit in your spirit and transform you. For more information or to become a covenant partner with Mercy Seat Ministries, 
and evangelist Pat Karen Chatsline, you can log on to www.mercyseatministries.com.